welcome to the Living With Purpose podcast. I'm your host, Simone Denny, and I'm here to share with you how to live your purpose, how to be more intentional in life, and how to get the results you desire while enjoying the journey along the way. I coach people around the world on how to find and express their unique blueprint in the world. Join me and my special guests for inspiring stories, practical wisdom, and life reminders for a more fulfilling and joyful life. Hello and welcome. So great to have you tuning in today. I am feeling very energized and excited after having a little break in Byron Bay where I had a couple of weeks off just with my family and giving myself space and time to really think about what is it I want to create in the year ahead? What is it I want to create in these next three months as we come to year end? It might not be year end when you're listening to this podcast, but right now we're in this last quarter and one of the things that I have created off the back of that inspiring trip is a three-part workshop series that is called Intention and it's really about how do we step into a new year with our greatest convictions to ourselves, to our dreams, to our goals and our visions. And how do we do that in a really aligned way? Because so often we get to a new year and we set these goals and resolutions and then by February, about 80% of us haven't followed through. So I want to share with people a really powerful process that we start doing before the year even starts. So we start with this completion workshop where we look at our year and we really do some deep self-reflection to capture those lessons we've learned. Then we move into a place of visioning and really thinking big and stretching you on what you think is possible. And that's our visioning workshop. And then in January, we go, how do we make this come to life? And we actually create a roadmap and, and make it happen. So this is a little group coaching container that I really want to invite you and to join three workshops over three months. I know you guys are busy, especially at this time of year. So just jump onto my website and have a look at simondenny.me forward slash intention and you can join the workshop and create a very, very different uh, year ahead for you in a, in a very aligned and purposeful way. So let's dive into today, which is all about how do we change our stories. And I want to share with you five really powerful ways that you can start to change your stories that you have created about yourself. And sometimes we don't even recognize that we are in our own stories or that we've created an identity from our stories. So today I wanted to dive in and talk about the stories that we tell ourselves and look at some of those stories that maybe are not serving us, that maybe have got a little outdated, that possibly have been around a long time. Maybe they are stories that you have created about yourself, or maybe they're stories that other people have told you and you have inherited them as your own. So we are basically just a collection of many, many stories that have evolved over time time and that actually forms our identity. So I'm going to share with you five really powerful ways that you can move through your story. And it's not an overnight thing that will just
just happen and you can suddenly have a new story. This takes deeper work, especially for some of those core belief stories or stories that have become a pattern. But I want to show you some of the ways that you can start to have more awareness about your stories and take those first steps to changing that in a narrative that you have. So before I start, I really wanted to share a story that I had about myself that I still probably have, but I am working on it. It's just more of a superficial story than a really deep core belief story, which I might share a bit more of. But I recently realized that one of the stories that I've had about myself, I've recently updated and it's kind of just happened over time. And you might've heard me talk about this part of myself where I really don't like the cold. And that's a story that I've told myself for many, many years. And I get super grumpy going on cold holidays. My husband will tell you, I pack my bags and I half of my puff and I feel a little bit like I've been dragged into doing something that I don't want to do. And I know that sounds very spoiled, but I do have this story about hating the cold and cold holidays and cold water and just always feeling cold. But recently, over the last couple of years, I've been really challenging this story. And we went away on holiday just to Wanaka down in the South Island for a ski trip just recently. And I was huffing and puffing about going, but then I really thought about this story and thought, is this story serving me anymore? Because actually when I do come away to these beautiful places in the snow. I mean, how blessed to be able to do that, um, that I actually have a really nice time. And this time particularly, I just really loved being in that fresh air. I loved sitting by the fire at night. I did some cold plunges. I really pushed over my comfort zone in this um, place of leaning into the cold. And uh, alongside that, over the last year or so, I've been doing these cold swims, which I think I've shared with you. And actually, have been motivated because I know that it's a good thing for me. And it's realizing that the story that I hate the cold is actually outdated and that actually I quite like the cold. Uh, I'm not fully there yet. I still would choose going somewhere hot and tropical, but I am embracing the cold. And just last Friday, I went over to my friends in the city and she had just put in a new pool and we were sitting in the spa pool with another old friend of mine. And and my friend said, oh, let's, let's get out of the spa and we'll jump in the sauna and we'll get really hot and we'll then jump in the cold pool. And then she stopped herself and said, oh, that's right, Simone, I know you hate the cold, right? And I said to her, actually, do you know what? I don't hate it so much anymore. I, I, I kind of realized in that moment I'd changed my stories. I actually quite like this hot, cold thing and I'm, I'm really embracing it. So I just wanted to give you that example of noticing a story that you're telling yourself. Like I was noticing, oh, this is such a boring story. It's such a boring story for other people in my life, let alone myself. And actually, is it really true? And if it's not true, then what's a new story that I want to bring in? And this is available to all of us. And I'm going to share with you kind of how we can dive into that process. And some of our stories are definitely not as easy to change as that, especially those childhood stories that we formed in a survival response to our circumstances that have been with us for a long time. It's very hard to just go, is this true? I'll choose a new story, which I'm going to talk about more. So... I want to talk about 
really help you kind of uncover some of your own stories to come to understand which stories serve you and which stories sabotage you. And, you know, we have positive stories. We have wonderful stories that we keep in our heart and our minds that help us step into our greatness, to step into our genius, to share our talents with the world that make us do brave things. And these are the stories that, of course, we want to keep. And these are the parts of our identity that we want to keep. It's these ones that sabotage you that actually are the ones that you often say about yourself that don't energetically feel good, that keep you feeling constricted or contracted, and that maybe feel like they're out of date for you. So for most of us, you know, when we talk about stories, some of us just hearing that might say, I don't have any stories. Everything that I have had happen in my life is true. And everything that I believe about myself is actually true and factual. And some of us might feel a little bit defensive when we talk about changing our stories or even questioning if these stories are true. So I just want to invite you to notice if you feel a little bit protective or defensive about your story and your identity, which of course we are very protective about our own identity. So most of us believe that our personality is who we are, that our identity is maybe mostly fixed, that this is who we were born as, or this is who we've grown into, and this is who we might stay as. But this is also where we get really stuck. When we get stuck in ourselves, it's when we believe that our stories and our beliefs and our identity can't change. And I love what Tony Robbins says. He says, the most powerful force in the human psyche is people's need for their words and actions to stay consistent with their identity, how we define ourselves. So if we have already a preconceived idea of who we are and the type of person we are, often our behaviors and actions align with that in a way of almost defending this is who we are. If we tell ourselves that we are a lazy person and that's the identity we've created, we're going to do behaviors and, and actions that align with that. If we have a story that we're a highly motivated person, we will probably get up early and do exercise and, and do these things that align with our identity. But the beautiful thing is, is that we can always elevate our identity. It's there for us to look at, to, to be challenged. And this is when we experience true growth, when we challenge our own identity. So our identity is largely created by the beliefs and stories we create. And often these beliefs were created out of pain or challenges in our past. So we might have had an experience maybe when we were a child that something felt painful, an event or an experience felt painful. And we created a story about the world or about ourselves in that moment. And often it was when we're very, very young, maybe a parent left and we felt like we were abandoned and we live out the story in our life that we are abandoned. And some of you might be saying, well, it's true, that really happened, but it's the story and the meaning that we keep creating again and again after this that I want to challenge. 
I want you to understand that we can change, we can upgrade, we can expand our beliefs and stories, and it can and we can expand our identity. So what are stories? <laughs> I know we're using this word a lot. So stories are sometimes referred to as our narrative. They're that subjective interpretation of events, experiences, and perceptions that shape our understanding of who we are. And I really want to tune into that subjective interpretation. That's what makes these to become stories because it's just our own view of the world and everything we see in the world, we see through our own lens, through our own experience in the world. If you've ever been to a movie or maybe two people go to a movie and they maybe have completely different experiences or interpretations about what that movie was like, whether it was good or bad or the meaning from it or which parts were sad and which parts weren't. That's because we have our own viewpoint. We have our own experience. You might see somebody who experiences conflict as incredibly painful and triggering and wants to avoid it because maybe of an experience that they had in their own childhood or some other people might have had a negative experience, but they feel very comfortable in conflict. So as you can see, our experience forms these stories and our beliefs, which actually impact the lens that we see the world through. And one really beautiful story that I love, a parable that I learned when I was doing my mindfulness training. So there is this beautiful story of this group of blind men who come to meet an, an elephant that has come into the town square. And none of them have ever experienced an elephant or been maybe told or explained what an elephant is. And they've got this incredible amount of curiosity when they're coming in to meet and inspect this uh, elephant and they can only do so by touching it and each of the men touch a different part of the elephant and have a different experience from that so the first person touches the trunk and says wow it is thick like a snake and another another person touches his ear and it says it seems like it's like a fan another one touches a leg and says oh an elephant is a pillar it's like a tree trunk a uh, blind man places his hand upon the elephant and says it's like the wall, the side of the elephant. It was like a wall. And another one felt its tail and described an elephant as a rope or a snake. And the last felt the tusk and said that it felt hard and smooth like a spear. So you can see everybody through the lens that they were experiencing something and had a different viewpoint. And afterwards, these five men really argued about what an elephant was like and what was true. And I think the moral of this story or this parable is that humans have a tendency to claim absolute truth based on their limited subjective experience. And they often ignore other people's limited subjective experiences, which may equally be true. So this comes up when we look at the stories that we tell about ourselves. Sometimes we feel like our experience is absolute truth. And that can come into conflict when somebody else is sharing their story, which is maybe through a different lens or a different viewpoint. So we all see the world depending on which part of the elephant we are looking at. 
So as I said, we can have both positive stories about ourselves that have created who we are, and we can have these negative stories that have formed over many years. Something like, I'm not smart enough, as maybe something that's been around for a long time. I'm not worthy. These deeper stories that we've held and lived out for a long time. I'm not good enough. I remember as a child failing a test when I was very young at school and I felt a lot of embarrassment about that and I started a story that I wasn't smart enough and no matter how many A's I got or how well I did at you know school and university I kept running the story that I wasn't smart enough and it really wasn't until I did some deeper work and and really went into some deeper coaching to understand that has that really true that story I, when i looked at my life and the things that i've done and 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 i challenged that story uh, that it helped me step back and it helped me question is that an absolute truth and it and it wasn't an absolute truth and it's actually a story that i've been able to let go of sometimes when i feel under pressure or i i uh <laughs> I'm married to a man with a photographic memory that really doesn't help this story because he is like a walking Wikipedia that I still have to check myself and I have to check the story uh, that's, you know, become outdated or that sometimes comes up under moments where I feel that, that feeling again. So as I said, sometimes we inherit our stories. They can be inherited through the culture that we're brought up in, the society that we know through our own families. Sometimes the, the stories we are told about ourselves become our own truths or the stories we are told about the world also become normalized for us and they can also become part of our self-identity. So I know I have someone that I've worked with who grew up in a family where she was told all of her childhood that flying in a plane was the worst thing that you could do, that it is so dangerous, constantly showing stories of tragedies and plane crashes and that this family will never fly in a plane because it is so dangerous. And that became her internalized story that flying was really dangerous. And naturally, when it came to getting on a flight, she had very high anxiety. It was very frightening. It was worst case catastrophe because of the stories that she had been told that became her stories. And we actually did some really great deep work on this and, and helped shift that story, at least let that part of her step back. Sometimes we also create stories about other people. We project our own stuff onto other people and that helps us to make sense of the world. We're trying to shortcut the truth just to create a story to help us understand maybe why someone else is like they are or why someone else makes us feel like they are. And you might even think about the stories that you tell about other people or people in your life that you have created a story about. And will you want to also maybe challenge, is that really true? I'm sure there's people that we say they're uptight or they're selfish or they maybe have it all together or they, they're fortunate. And, you know, we have these stories that serve us to sometimes make uh, it easier for ourselves to accept things that are maybe hard truths. So looking at, at what are the stories that we project onto others and get curious about those. Beliefs are also a very <laughs> close relative of stories. I mean, they can also be used interchangeably. But when you think about these beliefs, often these are our, our deeper 
beliefs that we have about ourselves and they can become our in a narrative over time. Our core beliefs are often formed or 70, 70 to 80% of our core beliefs are created in childhood, usually seven and under. So they happen very, very early on and often at a time where we don't get the full perspective or the full view of things, but we have an experience, we have an event that happens where we feel a strong emotion. And when that happens, it has an effect on us. It has a, a strong effect that means that we often create a belief belief about ourselves or the world and then we live that belief out maybe for example if you grew up in a family where things felt a little bit unsafe maybe there was a sibling that was unsafe or a parent that was unpredictable or uh you know, something happening that felt uncertain in your family at a very young age, you may have believed that you needed to be very, very aware and across everything and that you needed to be thinking all the time what might happen. And that's when you started to believe that you you have to be in your head a lot. <laughs> and, and that's what creates anxiety or uh, hypervigilance or overthinking as we have this core belief that we might not be safe and we need to be careful. And that is a belief that we created in childhood and that comes along with us throughout our life into adulthood until it's maybe a little bit out of date because you're still overthinking and overanalyzing and you're still in the space of anxiety from something that you experienced when you were a very young child that's become a story and a belief um, of yours. So that's kind of how our core beliefs can come into being part of our patterning and our programming. And when we do, when I do the work of IFS, which is our internal family systems, we get to know some of these parts, these parts like the part that gets hypervigilant or the part that judges or the part that gets highly controlling or the part that is the people pleaser. We understand that often our stories are there to protect us, the stories that we're not safe or the stories that we need to be across everything and be in control. Those are stories that have been protecting us for a long time. And when we do work with IFS, we really come to understand these parts and we come to realize that they're not bad parts of us. They're parts that have been working really hard to actually protect and look after us. And that is also why there is no quick fix to uncovering or fixing or changing stories like this because they have become so much part of our program but we can do it in a really gentle way where we start to help these parts of ourselves relax or step back and we make our survival responses feel a little safer in our subconscious so that they don't have to run the show so that that story that we're not safe or that something's going to happen or that we have to be responsible or that we're going to get rejected that they can change so that is definitely the deeper work that we do and that's something that you might want to be supported through so let's dive in now to the five c's these are the the five C's of how we actually change our story or we start to 
build awareness about our stories and over time we start to create something new and as I said when you change your story you change your identity and when you change your identity you change your life so the first C is curiosity Okay, so this is often where I'll start or be either awareness or curiosity. And this is the first step in any growth or personal change. Curiosity, it's the noticing of who we are being. It is the noticing of the lens that we are seeing the world through. It's realizing that there are actually many perspectives and many perspectives on our own stories that we have. Instead of inheriting everything as truth, we start to step back and get curious. And one of the best questions you can ask yourself when you're starting to notice a story and go, oh, there is a story. I'm noticing myself saying again that I'm useless or I'm a bad mom or I am, I'm, I'm just dumb or I'm whatever that story is that's playing again and again or that I'm unwell or I'm, you know, what I'm fat, whatever that story is. I really want you to challenge it and say, is this true? I'm noticing myself telling this story, whether it's out of your mouth or in your head. And I want you to say, can I find evidence where this is not true? And is it serving me to stay in this story? So even as I'm speaking now, just think, what is the story that I keep telling myself? Or what is the story that I'm telling people that are close to me of why I'm not doing something in my life? And is that really true if I really ask myself? And just, just have that curiosity, which means you're just being the observer of yourself. You're saying, oh, that's interesting that I am saying this, or that's interesting that uh, that this is coming up right now. So it's, it's a very lighthearted curiosity. So an example of this might be, you know, you might be in a discussion with somebody and they might talk over you. And in that moment, you might say to yourself or say to them, you never listen to me. You know, these, these big statements or I'm not heard. And that's maybe something that you can stop and go, is that really true? Is that true? And where has that come from? And is that serving me to believe that I'm not heard or I'm not seen? And just start to go to the next layer of that. So we want to get curious so that we can really start to challenge our stories and our patterns. So this curiosity is a really powerful tool. It's helping us become more mindful of our thoughts and how they affect our feelings. And one of the best ways to practice that curiosity is just to notice what is the thought and how is that making me feel? And maybe you won't even notice the thought, but you can feel a change in your body and then tune in and ask yourself, what's the story I'm telling myself right now? And then question, is that really true? And what if I could create a different story just to, you know, about myself? And again, you can also do this when you start to notice yourself saying stories about other people as well. So curiosity is really, really an important factor in us moving through our story. So courage is the next one that I wanted to share with you, our next C. And you might not hear courage spoken about so much when we're talking about changing our beliefs or changing our stories. But I know from working with so many hundreds of clients, 
doing deeper work to change core beliefs, to change stories, to to look at their parts and help those parts step back a little bit. It takes an enormous amount of courage because we are asking ourselves to change. And for some of our nervous system and for our subconscious, it can feel very unsettling to change. The subconscious loves to just file away stories that prove their core beliefs. And when we're asking it to change that, it can feel a little bit unsettling or a little bit jangly, as we say. So once we are aware of a story, we need to invite in the courage to let it go or change it. And as I said, this can feel very vulnerable to change our identity, to change our stories, because this is really who we are. And that feels very safe. And I know from the work that I've done with clients on living with purpose, when we've really worked on changing some of the core beliefs and changing some of these stories, sometimes the people closest to them also have a reaction. They feel a little bit unsafe when the person that they love and know is going through a change. And really, that's something to be aware of when you're doing the deeper work of how to maybe speak to the person you love about this change and that reassurance that, you know, you're still, <laughs> you're still got all of the, the, the good parts of you, but there's some parts that need to shift and change. And it's like the, the snake that's shedding its skin. We're just creating something new. This, as I said, can be harder than we think. Some of the stories are really deeply embedded in our being and they're playing out an autopilot and the brain believes that we need them for our survival stories such as the world is not safe i am not safe i have to be in control i have to be critical of myself or i might fall short or the judging part that says i can't fail or the pleasing part that says you have to keep everybody happy or the responsible part that says if you don't look after everything, things might fall apart. To let go of these stories takes a huge amount of courage and they don't just happen overnight. And we want to work with these parts in a very tender way, in a very gentle way, in a way that's very supportive. And you might want to do that with somebody else, with the support of a coach or a therapist for some of these deeper patterns that have maybe been playing out for a long time. But you can also do this with your own level of you know, self-compassion and insight and observation. Uh, so yeah, that's really up to you of what feels safe, but I invite you to bring in the courage to know that it's okay to change. And that's our third C, it's change. It's that choice point where we get to choose a new story or a new narrative and then in turn a new reality. So change can be just for these day-to-day -day things that we do. You might notice these tiny little stories that you've been saying for a while about yourself that are maybe outdated, maybe around your your not exercising and just telling yourself you're lazy or that you're a procrastinator or any of these things, you can just start to change the story in your mind and just change the words for those those little stories. And the new narrative could be, I love to exercise and move my body, or I am motivated and productive. I am self-disciplined. I am sober. And this can be just the beginning steps of change of just noticing what's a new narrative I could tell myself. And then for those deeper subconscious beliefs that are part of our survival patterning that we believe things will fall apart if we don't honor this belief or act in these ways. And it's really 
again, speaking to those parts of yourself that feel afraid if they stop doing what they do, just speaking to them and letting them know the world won't fall apart if I'm not in control. I don't have to be across everything. It's okay to relax and stop thinking. I'm not responsible for everyone else. The world isn't against me. I am empowered. So we just have these gentle conversations with the parts that have been working really, really hard for us. And that's how we start to initiate change. Okay, so our fourth C follows on really nicely with change or actually goes hand in hand with change. And that is consistency. So if we really want to change our story and change our behavior, then we need to take consistent action. We want to take small, consistent actions every day that's creating the person that we want to be. So Aristotle said, we are what we repeatedly do. Excellence then is not an act, but a habit. So you are the formation of the small behaviors that you do every day. So to change our story and in turn change our identity, we need to start with the tiniest of habits so that you are starting to create the building blocks of the person you want to be. And I love this quote from James Clear, from Atomic Habit. So true behavior change is identity change. When your behavior and your identity are fully aligned, you are no longer pursuing change. You are simply acting like the type of person you already believe yourself to be. So this is the idea that we can start acting as if we are the person we want to be. And that's how we create change in our identity, which can also create the change in our stories. So ask yourself, what is a story I tell myself about my behavior? Maybe I'm lazy or I'm a procrastinator. I never get anything done. I never follow through or I'm unhealthy and not disciplined. Whatever that story is that you've been telling yourself, then ask yourself, what is a tiny behavior I could do each day to prove this story wrong. Okay, I'm going to say that again. What is a tiny behavior or a habit that I could do each day to prove this story wrong? Maybe you could do five minutes of exercise each day. Maybe you could do five minutes of that hard thing that you're procrastinating on each day. Or if you are feeling stressed or you're telling a story that I'm always busy, maybe you could meditate for five or 10 minutes a day. And this is really helping you to become the person that that habit represents. Okay, so you're starting to make a vote for the person you want to be, as James Clear would say. So that's something you also might want to journal or question is what is the kind of person you want to become? What is the identity that you want to step into? So the last C, the fifth C is compassion. And this is probably the most important C of all. Uh, Compassion is really important for us to create this change of our beliefs, of our stories and our behaviors. This is not easy work. And this is why most people stay where they are. This is why most people stay as the identity that they are today, because it is challenging and it does require us to really step up to challenge all parts of ourselves and we have to be kind to ourselves in the process so changing our stories takes a huge 
huge amount of self-compassion when we work with our parts or our beliefs instead of seeing them, as I said, as shortfalls or bad parts of ourselves. We just understand that they have good intentions. They're often born out of survival instinct that might now be a little bit outdated. And we really realize that these parts have been working hard for us because of an experience they had a long time ago. And when we get to appreciate this, we can change our stories and we can befriend these parts. And also just when you're going through a behavior change or you're bringing in a new habit, again, that being that kind friend for yourself, having that encouraging internal, what I call the inner coach, really saying, you can do this, these words of encouragement, you can be a person who is motivated, you can do hard things. This is the voice of compassion that science actually shows us is more motivating than having that inner judge or inner critic. So compassion is such a key to changing our stories. So just to recap on how we change our stories, we practice that curiosity we ask is the story true we notice the story we're starting to become aware of us saying or speaking a story or the feelings we get when we have that story we have and embrace the courage to lean into it to challenge it to go deeper to look at our subconscious beliefs and to do the deeper work we have the courage as well to change to practice those new ways of thinking and believing. We practice consistency, those behavior changes on a regular basis that form these tiny habits that over time become who we are. Just think if you're the person who started running 10 minutes every day, and then over time, maybe you made that 30 minutes, you're then becoming the identity of a runner, which is maybe an identity of a, a fit, healthy person that you want to be. So just remembering that consistency is really, really important. Can, as I just said, compassion is whatever we do in this deep work, whether it's in coaching or any kind of self-development, we want to practice this beautiful self-compassion and also compassion for others. So I would love to hear from you as we're closing out, what is one story that is no longer serving you, that you are ready to change? And what is the new identity or the upgraded identity that you want to step into? And maybe what is one behavior that you could do that would be a vote for this identity? If you enjoyed this podcast, please do rate and review it. Please take a screenshot and share it on your socials or forward it to somebody that you love. And as always, feel free to reach out. I'm here and I love hearing from you. Until next time, have a beautiful day. 